think, okay, we're going to look at the thought of giving. So I think it's safe to say that everybody in this room likes to receive a gift. Am I, am I right? Yeah? I think it's a good thing, isn't it, when you get a gift, when somebody gives you something. Um, you know, and I, I really like that passage in um, uh, Matthew 7 where it talks about, um, you know, people um, giving, giving something good. You know, if, 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 you, if your son or daughter asks for a, um, a, a loaf of bread or something, you don't give them a snake or a stone and all of that business. You know, I was, I was kind of reminded about that over this last week. Um, I've, uh, I've quite a generous wife. She's quite, quite loving and she likes to, you know, to, to bless me with certain things. I remember one Christmas she bought me... Um, she asked me what I wanted for Christmas. I don't think she quite lives up to this Matthew 7 thing. Um, I said, can I just have money? I'd like to go buy some new clothes. So she bought me rats. Um, and um, they were very lovely. We named them Del and Rodney. But um, they were the kind of rats. I think they were from the sewer, if I'm honest. I don't think they were bred for, for being pets. And it was one of those things where if you put your hand in the cage, you weren't quite sure how many fingers you were going to get back at the end of it. Um, and they stank as well, if I'm honest. So, yeah, they didn't last too long. So, you know, she hasn't quite got the, the whole gist of this. Um, for, she bought me um, a, a, a gift last weekend. Um, it's, it's, it's quite fortunate that I'm actually here with you this morning. For those of you that don't know, I suffer from severe allergies. Okay, um, peas, can't eat peas. I hope those of you that are going to invite me for dinner at some point. Okay, can't eat peas, can't eat beans, can't eat nuts. Um, em decided to buy me a gift last weekend, um, which I ended up having to share because I'm generous with my daughter. Um, she bought me one of these fabulous things, the Wonka bar. Have you, anybody had one? Yeah? No? Okay. Well, this thing says uh, that it has caramel and biscuit in it. What it doesn't say is that it's riddled with hazelnuts. So... Um, I didn't win a golden ticket last weekend. I actually won a, a trip to the hospital in an ambulance, <laughs> on a nebulizer. Very nearly got the EpiPen in my leg and everything. Um, but yeah, anyway, I was, I, was, I was kind of grateful for the gift. What she doesn't know is that the day after I did discover the life insurance papers were out. I don't know if that's relevant or, you know, but... Anyway, we all like to receive gifts. So this morning, we're going to have a quick look at um, a few different Bible passages to do with giving. So we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 8, 1 to 7. And for those of you that haven't got your Bibles, like Laura Dawson this morning, we're going to... I've provided. <laughs> okay, so, um, so I'll read this out for us. So we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia... For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed and a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave them first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urge Titus as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. So, we're going to have a look um, at a few key words in the Bible really quickly, just before we kind of get stuck in. I thought it relevant to make note of sort of uh, like I said many a time before, I'm kind of nerdy, so I like to learn these sort of things. So we're going to look at the relevance of some of the words maybe in the Bible. 
um, that keep cropping up. Um, and hopefully they'll, they'll help sort of build on what I'm going to talk about this morning. So the word believe, I don't know if you can see that overly well, it crops up in the Bible um, 272 times. The word pray, which I believe to be um, essential to our faith, shows up 371 times. The word um, love, which I believe to be one of the most, most important words ever in life, in the Bible, in anything, that crops up. Uh, 714 times in the Bible. But the word um, give kind of dwarfs all of these. And you can sort of see that from our nerdy little graph. Um, and that crops up 2,162 times. So I would assume that that means it's important. <laughs> okay? I'm going to go with that theory this morning. So give in. Um, if, if it's not relevant, it makes me look clever. So there we go. So generosity, this is a word that can prompt an awful, awful lot of ideas. I think when we sort of say that word, it can make things spring to mind. Um, and in the words of the lovely Jesse J, we're not going to be talking about money this morning. So you can all breathe a sigh of relief. Um, so yeah, um, that said, when the offering basket does come around later, if you want to give towards the Mike Swinburne Guitar Trust, feel free. Okay. Um, it'll all be greatly appreciated. So back to, the, back to the passage. So they gave themselves first to the Lord. You know, what I love about this passage in the Bible is that it shocks Paul, okay, the, the generosity that is shown here. Um, Paul would have been a man that um, would have seen many, many things. He was... Excuse me, he's a very religious guy, you know, to begin with, before his conversion and everything. So he knew the importance of giving in, in money and things like this. But this, this church in Macedonia, they, they take him by surprise because of the willingness to, to give by these people. Um, you know, he, he doesn't expect this. You know, these people, they're already in extreme poverty. They don't have very much. Yet in this time that's really, really difficult for them, they find it, from the sounds of it, almost quite easy to be generous. And that's, I think that's amazing. I think that's quite a challenging attitude to have as well. You know, when you've got very little, it's easy to want to hold back, I suppose, isn't it? You know, to think, well, I haven't got very much to go around. What I need, I need for myself and for my family. But these people right here, you know, they, they, they decided that they were going to give and they gave themselves first to the Lord. And this can be one of those things that it can, it can require quite a massive, massive sacrifice on our parts. You know, it's always hard when you haven't got anything and you want to give. You know, because you know that you don't have much to start with. This can be quite a, a big thing. Um, Romans 12, 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So that kind of, you know, that's, that's, I think that's amazing. You know, these are a people that are taking, taking all of this on board. You know, they're, they're living a life where they don't have very much, but they're deciding, what I have is me, and I'm going to give this to God and completely to God, and he can take it all. So I think they're quite tuned in. And the great thing about this is this is an act of worship. You know, we have great, great worship times on a Sunday morning like this morning. I absolutely love it. 
I, I really do. It's one of my favorite things coming to church and, and just worshiping with everybody else. You know, but this is something that we can do outside. We can give ourselves to God. And they, they were given generously. They were given above and beyond their means. So our next thing that we're going to take a quick look at this morning is, and then to us in keeping with God's will. So here we can see that they gave themselves to the apostles' teaching and instructions. Those are the apostles. I like their sombreros. I don't know who painted that, but I don't think they were Mexican. But um, Anyway... But here's, like, here's another example of how we can, we can give generously. Um, so they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then they gave themselves to the apostles. They were giving themselves over to the leaders of their church. Um, and this is one of those things that, you know, <laughs> some of us, if we're honest, uh, me as well, um, this, this could be a, you know, a thing that we, we don't often enjoy, to be submissive to our leaders. Um, you know, but... It's one of those things that, that is good to do. It's really, really good to do it. Okay, these people from the Macedonian church were doing it. And I would encourage you, you know, whatever um, department you're in in the church, give yourselves over to your leaders. We, um, we being part of the worship team, um, obviously Tim is the, the head of the worship team, and I would like to think that I submit to his authority in fact, I know I do, because if the truth be told, worship would look a lot different if I was doing it. It'd look more like a scaled-down Pink Floyd concert, okay? So I have to generously give myself to Tim's authority, and he keeps everything in check and order. You know, occasionally manage to squeeze the odd guitar solo in there when he's not looking, but, you know, at the same time, I have to be submissive. And, um, and you know, seriously, I, I don't want to embarrass him, but I really thank God for Tim and his, and his authority and his leadership and the way that he leads this church in worship and the way that he leads our team. You know, he is a great leader. And, um, you know, <laughs> I've got to be careful now, but I want to be submissive to his leadership, you know. It's a good thing to do. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe... Maybe it's something that could challenge us a little bit this morning. Maybe think about what departments we serve in in the church or whether it's just, you know, in work. You know, do we really submit to authority? Do we, do we kind of yield ourselves to our bosses or are we the kind of person that's a little bit argumentative? Oh, I can be at times, but I try, <laughs> I try my hardest, you know. It's one of these things that, that is good to strive towards. The Macedonian church seemed to think that this was very, very important. You know, it's an, it's an attitude that is almost, can almost reflect a little bit of what Isaiah has. I, I love this, this bit in Isaiah where he says, you know, God's asking, who, who can I send? Who can I get to do my, 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 my will and things? And Isaiah just says, yeah, do you know what I will? You know, it, being submissive can, can mean that as well. It can mean that we, we just do what we're told, you know, and what's asked of us. Um, Sometimes without quibbling, and even if we don't necessarily agree with what's happening, it's, it's being submissive to authority. You know, like I say, I believe that, that Tim is in the position on the worship team that he is, and that Adrian is because God wants them here at this time. You know, it's my responsibility, my job to, to go with what they say, and, you know, not just be a doormat, let them just boss me around, but, you know, just to come under that authority. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah? You're getting that? Cool. Um, what, what an example to set to others as well. You know, this whole, 
this whole thing of uh, giving yourselves over to God and giving yourself over to the church. It's, it's a great example to be set in. You know, and I believe the, the, this church in Macedonia, there were people that were living in love and they were living in obedience. Um, you know, with hearts that were ready to serve um, and to give themselves for others. And what I really like is that this is what we see in Jesus. You know, this is one of those things that is just a reflection of, of him, which is ultimately, I hope, where kind of as Christians we're all striving to be, to be like, to be like him. You see, when you look at the life of Jesus, you see that he was obedient to God and he gave generously of the riches of God in heaven and he didn't ask anything in return other than to go and sin no more. But when I've checked this, that is the only thing that I can ever see that, that Jesus said, you know, don't sin anymore. And um, we often read that Jesus was, he was moved with compassion. I think that's quite an important word for 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 Christians and, you know, for for anybody, to be quite honest with you, you know, to to act with generosity out of compassion. You know, it's a good emotion and it's a good motive to to have to act with generosity. I think a great little example of this is in Mark 1, um, verse 40 to 42. It says, a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And filled with compassion... Excuse me, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy was cured. I think that's incredible. Society dictated that Jesus shouldn't have touched that man. Society dictated that he probably shouldn't have even acknowledged him. You know, this guy was seen as unclean, he wasn't seen as valuable or anything like that. But moved out of compassion, Jesus acts with such generosity. You know, he sees this man, he's so moved that he just cures him of his disease and doesn't ask for anything. He doesn't ask for anything back. He just sees the need and he meets it. I think that's incredible, you know. It's, I, I think we, we live in a society that kind of, you know, a lot of, you see this a lot on telly. You know, they offer you something amazing. You know, take this credit card and then in the small print, We'll also take like an extra thousand pounds back in interest, you know, when you've paid it off and stuff, you know. Society always seems to want something back. But Jesus doesn't. He just, he just sees the, the needs around him and he just meets them, you know. And what a challenge, you know. It's in things like this that we see an overflow of such a generous God who sent Jesus into the world to bring faith and hope and love, you know. God so loved the world that he gave his son. What a gift. What a gift, you know, sending Jesus into the world for, for me and for you and for everyone. That's incredible. I, I was trying to put this in perspective in my head. And the only way that I can do it is to think of giving my son up for somebody. And I tell you what, I couldn't do it. I genuinely struggle with that. You know, the thought of giving my little boy for everybody else. It's just, it's just one of these things that I can't comprehend in my head. You know, I love my son so much. And the thought of handing him over so that somebody else could be better off, that's extremely difficult. I'll be really honest with that. That is extremely difficult and probably near on impossible. You know, I'll, I'll be completely honest in that. But here is this God that just sees you and he sees me 
And he just lavishes and lavishes and pours out generous love on us. And he does this through his son. And that, that is incredible. That is absolutely incredible. So what about us? Okay, the reality, I think, for a lot of people right now is that we may not feel like we've got a lot to offer. Um, it was interesting when Pat was sharing earlier, you know, a lot of people said to her, I don't feel like I can give an awful lot or that I have given an awful lot. And, you know, that is, that, I think that's quite a valid thing to feel. You know, I think quite often we can look at ourselves and think, what have I got to offer? All I've got is me and I don't feel like I'm worth an awful lot right now. Do you know what I mean? If, it, it can be a bit like that, you know. Um, we can feel like we've not got an awful lot to be generous with and what we have got, you know, it's hard to be generous with that. Um, and again, you know, this, this, the, there is this thought of um, um, what, is, what is it going to cost me? You know, if, if, if I'm going to try and be generous to somebody, what, what is it going to cost me? If I give this, then I've got nothing left for, for myself, okay? And, and I think these are all honest and quite real things that maybe we think when it comes to being generous and to giving, you know, I want to look at one more act of giving this morning. So in Acts 3, verses 1 to 10, we read, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man, lame from birth, was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the Beautiful Gate, to ask for alms of, of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. Receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and I have no gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. That's an incredible picture, isn't it? And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I just think this is an amazing account of giving and of generosity on their part. Um, Here you have two people who have spent a good few years um, following Jesus, um, and the reality is for them that they would have had very few possessions. They were constantly on the move. So, you know, unless they had one of these great big suitcases like Jay Pizzle with a handle that he can wheel around everywhere, that is one of the campest things that I've ever seen. But um, um, they didn't have an awful lot. They couldn't carry an awful lot. And they, th- it says quite clearly there that they had no money on them. They didn't have silver and they didn't have gold. Now, there's two things about this story that, that kind of really hit me when I read it. Um, first, that is the man that is begging, um, he's not really expecting to get anything. Okay? Um, and you can tell by the way that he's asking for, for money, he's asking for arms, he's begging. He's not even looking at anyone. He's just kind of sat there mumbling, I'm assuming, you know, I wasn't there. <laughs> but he's not, he's not making eye contact with anybody, which I would say almost indicates that he's not really expecting which is a really sad state of affairs when you've got all these people that are walking past him on a daily routine okay to go and pray 
and nobody's giving anything. You know, nobody's sort of acknowledging that he's there. And that's, it's kind of sad. But, like, you see that in society today, and I'm really guilty of this, you know. Working in the city, you do see a lot of people that, are, that, that, that ask you for cash. They ask you for money, and they usually kind of sit themselves near the cash machine or near a shop door. So they know that there's a good chance that you have something on you. And looking at this story, you know, this guy would have been aware that people would have been taking an offering into the church. They would have had something with them. But he's not really expecting to get anything. And you kind of see that again today. I walk past people, it's, it's often the same people that are sat by the shop, shop doors and things, you know, asking for, for a bit of cash, but they don't look at you. There's, you know, sort of, you got any money? You know, can you spare some change for a coffee, please? You know, um, you know. But I have to ask myself, do I do I stop and help out very often? And and the answer is probably probably no a lot of the time, and that makes me feel bad. Um, you know, I, I'm either the kind of person that looks at them and thinks they're probably just going to use whatever I give them for for alcohol and drugs and things. Or do I, do I try and change my attitude and think, do you know what, I've got enough money to just get them the cup of coffee. If they want a cup of coffee, why don't I just get it? That's quite a challenge, you know. <laughs> and I'd probably be forward if I did it for everybody. But it's one of those things, you know, that is there to think about. Um, this guy gets taken to this gate day in and day out, and he watches people just walking on by, ignoring him. You know, to the, he's got to this point where he doesn't believe that people are going to help him out. And he doesn't even bother to look up. And the second thing, and this is what I believe to be crucial to what I'm trying to get at a little bit this morning, is that Peter and John, they have nothing. They've got no money. You know, they can turn their pockets out and there is nothing there. Um, but they are completely generous with what they have got. They see this man that is sat there. They're moved with compassion so much that they, they just say, look at us, you know, lift your head up and look at us. They, they, they take the time to make this guy feel important and they tell him, I haven't got money, I haven't got silver, I haven't got gold, but what I have got, I will give to you and you can take it. And they, they've got Jesus, okay, to give this man and it's by his name that they just say to him, get up and walk, you know, in a few simple, simple words and an action of just lifting him to his feet, you know, this man's life is completely turned around. He's, got, he's been given hope, he's been given love, and he's been given his legs back. And that is going to make a massive difference to this guy's life. It's incredible. You know, what they have, they give to him. Um, I think the reality for a lot of people right now is that we're, we're still living in recession. We're still living in economic decline. And even though like, we kind of... I hear it all the time, you know, stories of how people are spending more and things are on the up and society's starting to, to thrive. Actually, we might not be feeling that ourselves personally. You know, it's one of those things that you just sort of think, I'm glad somebody's doing well because my pay packet's not going up and my spending's getting more because the shops keep putting the prices up on everything, you know. Um, and we don't feel like we've got, you know, any money to spare and be generous with. You know, we may not be doing well financially, if we're honest. And, you know, um, it's one of these things that we might be struggling with, maybe living month to month, just scraping by. My challenge to you this morning is what can you give? Okay? Because, if I'm honest, I haven't got silver and I haven't got gold to go around as far as I would maybe like it to go around. So what have I got? What is it that, that I have or that I can do 
that is going to benefit somebody else. Um, so like we've seen in those, those chapters this morning, Peter and John, they didn't have money. The Macedonian church, they were in extreme poverty. Okay, But out of both of these situations, they found a way to give. Okay, And they gave generously, and they acted where and when they could. Um, and the, the best thing ever is that love is shown through all of this. You know, It's one of those things that, that kind of needs to be poured out in society as far as I'm concerned. Um, there's, there's two quotes that I really, really like. Um, I've just put John of the Bible because I don't actually know where it is. But it does say, it's genuine, it's genuine. Okay, love is, <laughs> let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Um, and one that I've kind of liked for years is preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words from Francis of Assisi. You know, I, I do believe that our actions, actions often speak louder than, than our words. So, so what can I give? You know, in, in what, what action can we take? Money aside, forget about money, okay? What is it that we have to offer what is it that you personally think, do you know what, I haven't got any money, I'm not very good at baking, but I could do this. And if you are good at baking, apple pies, love them, okay? Um, but what is it that you can give? So what I'm going to do, a little bit practical, I ask that we'd leave the, the offering till the end. So what we're going to do in a few minutes is we are going to take up our regular church offering, but I have some pens and paper. I just wonder if somebody could help me actually, just uh, distribute. Um, a little bit of paper, and I just want each of us, cheers, mate, um, to have a think, okay, about what it is that we have to offer, maybe that we could give, maybe over this next week, and um, pop it in that offering basket. Let's, let's, let's be a bit practical, okay? I love like, seeing the church in action, and I love seeing the church act uh, and move. Um, so I just think it would be really cool this morning just to have a, have a minute or two just to think about what it is that does involve money that we can give generously to somebody else that will change somebody's life maybe, you know, just help improve or benefit somebody else. You know, maybe, maybe it's that we need to give ourselves a bit more to God. Maybe we need to be a bit more generous in our time with spending with God. And if that's, if that's you, you know, let's, let's be accountable. Let's write it on that piece of paper and pop it in the basket this morning or the, the bucket and just say, God. I want to be generous, more generous with my time that I spend with you. You know, maybe we need to be a bit more generous in giving ourselves over to the church a little bit and, you know, or in our, um, our departments that we're involved in. Or maybe it's that we just need to be a bit more generous and acting in compassion and, you know, I don't want to send anybody in a guilt trip or anything. So this, just keep this to yourself. You know, let's make this personal and just say to God this morning, I want to be generous with, in this area. I do apologize if this makes you feel a little bit Sunday school and like you're seven again. But I do think that this is a good way to, to just, you know, be accountable and make ourselves an offering to God. So, so what can I give? What is it this morning that you can, that you can give? Father, I thank you for, for this church, Lord God. Father, I thank you that, Father, we have a, a church already that, that gives out so much, Lord God. Father, I thank you for, you know, all the departments that we have here, the people that give their time and their, you know, their efforts to, 
to help things work, Lord God. I thank you for, you know, the people that give financially and all of that, Lord God, Father. God, I thank you that, you know, it's, it's amazing to hear stories like Pat was sharing where people just, just give up of their time, they give up their, you know, their time to pray and things, Lord God. I just thank you for all of that, Father. And I just thank you for all those things that people have written down this morning, Lord God, where they feel that stirred to be generous in that area, Father. And I just pray that, you know, as we, as we go about our business and we go about our week, Father, that those things would just rest on our hearts, Lord God, and that, Father, we'd find time and opportunity to, to act on generosity, Lord God. I pray that, you know, when those situations turn up, Lord God, that we'll just, we'll be moved with compassion, we'll be moved with love, Lord God, and that, Father, we would just be a church and a people that, that are known for their compassion, that are known for their love, and that, that are known for their generosity, Lord God. Father, I just thank you for this house. I thank you for everybody in it, Lord God. And I just pray that as we go this morning, Father, God, that you just pour out your blessing on us, Lord God. We ask you for your generous blessings, Lord God, as we go. Thank you, God. Amen. Let's just show our appreciation to Mike this morning, shall we? This is great. Mike, thank you. To be stirred in the powerful and yet sensitive and yet powerful way that Mike brought that message this morning. That's pretty amazing. So Mike, thank you so much. That is really amazing to be able to bring the word that he's brought stirringly and yet sensitively. So the heart of God is generous heart. And that's our encouragement today. Bless you folks. Have a amazing day.